online at crossculture.church. From Cross Culture Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is Crosswalk, a weekly sermon podcast from the pulpit of Cross Culture Church. Thank you for joining us. Now here's this week's message from Cross Culture Church. Amen. Good morning, Cross Culture. Uh, what a start. I hope you all have had a uh, great week. Uh, um, certainly been a um, busy week for me, and hopefully it's been a very good, very busy week for each of you. Um, I uh, neglected to mention something last week. There were a couple of birthdays on last week, and I know that between now and then there might have been even other birthdays. Um, but rest assured, even though I didn't mention that last Sunday was my wife's birthday, rest assured I didn't forget to tell her happy birthday. <laughs> rest assured I didn't forget to tell her that. Uh, as well, uh, our good friend and brother Ed Alexander celebrated a birthday last week on Sunday as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, if you were with me last week, then you know we started a series, and that series being on the presence of God. And uh, I uh, told you last week as well that in talking about the uh, presence of God, one of the things that we had to establish and establish first was at least... or God's existence and establishing his existence we chose to um, chose to at least talk a little bit about that debate of evolution versus creation so if you would watch this I mentioned this last week this is just a little bit of a recap watch this video let me summarize my views on what modern evolutionary biology tells us loud and clear and I must say that these are basically Darwin's views. There are no gods, no purposive forces of any kind, no life after death. When I die, I am absolutely certain that I'm going to be completely dead. That's just all that's going to be the end of me. There is no ultimate foundation for ethics, no ultimate meaning in life, and no free will for humans either. What an unintelligible idea. Wow. I told you I didn't do justice to the video in hearing that. What a thought. No ultimate foundation for life. No purpose for life. No free will. No life after death. I, I uh, said, which is also at the top of your uh, program, hopefully you got one as you came in on the back of that, the bulletin, it says there as well that evolution seeks to refute the existence of God and creation reveals God and creation seeks to reveal God the presence of God so let me tell you this as well I got a chance to read and look at one of my um, uh, emails that ended up coming in to me and, and discovered this as we talk about creation. We actually went to uh, uh, Psalm 19 uh, last week as well and read about uh, the earth and the creation that speaks to the existence. In fact, um, uh, Psalm 19, let me see if I can get there real quick uh, as a, a matter of recap, the first few verses of Psalm 19. Let me read this to you. The heavens are telling of the glory of God and their expanse in declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. 
So that speaks certainly to creation, and we say we could see it. And I asked the question last week about the sun coming up and the sun rising. And who of us, uh, as seeing the sun, have any doubt as to whether or not there will be a sun tomorrow, that the sun would actually rise? And who of us has fear that if we see the sun rise, that we have fear that the sun would fall upon us? Well, let me tell you a little bit more about the sun. The sun is about 70% hydrogen and about 28% helium and about, you know, a handful of other gases to make up that other 2%. About 600 million, 600 million tons of hydrogen create about 4 million tons of helium. And those 600 million tons of hydrogen creating that much helium. About 4 million tons of energy are created. And you and I get a chance to be the benefactors of that energy that's created. And here's what we know. If we believe the sun is going to rise, the sun is going to shine, who of us don't enjoy standing in the warmth of the sun? And who of us haven't read about science that if you were to plant a seed, it is the sun that gives life to that plant that's coming. Water to the roots and sun, certainly so critical to the life of that particular plant. The warmth, the life that is given, the energy that's given to us here on earth is amazing in terms of God's creation. Let me say this as well about God's creation. If you read this with me, if you, uh, this is Jeremiah 23rd chapter and the 23rd and the 24th, 24th verses. It should be up here on the screen uh, uh, behind me if you were to read that uh, or to see that in your copy of God's Word. Am I a God who is near, declares the Lord, and not a God far off? Can a man hide himself in hiding places so I do not see him, declares the Lord. Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, declares the Lord. Now, I'm bringing that up and talking about that because I want to talk again and continue this series of God's presence. You know that um, when we think of God's presence, we think of being in the presence of the Lord. And then thinking of being in the presence of the Lord, as you can imagine, if we were to go examine some of the scriptures, there were times, certainly in the Old Testament, that people tried to escape the presence of the Lord. Or they thought they could hide themselves from the presence of the Lord. There were others who were fearful in the presence of the Lord. David said this, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, 
Even there, your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. I say that because there are certainly times, as I mentioned, that folks could actually think that they could actually escape the presence of the Lord. You and I know that God is omnipresent. And because of His omnipresence, we know that God is everywhere. But can you imagine? There were some that thought that uh, God may not be everywhere, may not, as His Word said, God is everywhere, beholding the good and the evil. Beholding both the good and the evil. Evil. Let me read this statement to you here as well, which also, I would imagine, is on your bulletin. There are proper behaviors in the presence of God to receive the promised benefits from being in the presence of God. There are proper behaviors in the presence of God to receive the promised benefits from being in the presence of God. Now, I've already spoken a little bit about at least what uh, some of those uh, actions had been for those in Old Testament time. But before I do that and go talk about that, let me establish just one other thing. Let me tell you that there is a difference between the presence of God or omnipresence and the manifest presence of God. All right? And let me tell you here up on the screen, if you look at, uh, look at this as well, here's the difference. The omnipresence of God explains how God is everywhere all at once. That's omnipresence. God is everywhere. Explains how God is everywhere all at once. The manifest presence of God is His presence made clear. The manifest presence of God is His presence made clear. So here practically is the difference. You have probably prayed and you have probably thought, Oh God, where are you? I'm going through all this trouble and you just don't seem to be here. I seem to be going through this alone. God, I don't feel your presence. I feel fearful. I feel like the enemy is all around me about to swallow me up. Has anybody felt that way before? Anybody felt like God is just not near? God is just not where I want Him to be or where I need Him to be. God is so far away that I just don't feel His presence. But then, again, there are others who wanted to escape God's presence. Take a look at with me um, before I uh, do that. Let me say this as well in filling in your blanks and following along with me. Obedience to his commandments 
Let me talk about that. Let me talk about obedience to his commandments. Go with me to uh, Genesis. It'll be up on your screen. I know I'm going to flip through quite a few uh, verses uh, this morning. Uh, but if you would, there will be there, and you will have the uh, Scripture references there as well. So if you look at Genesis ver- chapter 3, verses 1-4 through four and verse 8, and it reads like this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Now, if God's omnipresent, and they knew of His presence, Adam and Eve tried to hide themselves from the presence of the Lord. What a thing to contemplate and to do. Uh, given what might have been the closeness there or what might have been the relationship that they had, their relationship was then broken by this act of disobedience. This act of disobedience. And from that, they wanted to hide themselves from the Lord. Let me say to you as well, in the presence of the Lord, we need to submit to his will. Submission to His will. If you would, you know this is a very uh, well-known story. It's a story in Jonah. It's the first chapter there, and it's the second and third verses that we will read uh, from that uh, of Jonah. And it says, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But... But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Jonah didn't want to submit to God's will, and therefore he sought to flee from God's presence. There are some proper behaviors of which to undertake and to do in the presence of the Lord. There are many. There are many. Uh, Let me say this, and let me um, say this as well, uh, without trying to go through them all. We don't have quite that much time, and I want to at least get through this part and this segment of this series and try to conclude it next week. Uh, Verses kind of dragging this out. But you'll find that not only did Adam and Eve, but others at times wanted to hide themselves from the Lord. Jonah wanted to flee 
or run from the Lord or try to escape. Others, if we consider the prophets of Baal and the, and, and the number of prophets that happened to be there uh, when um, Jeremiah showed up and there was this God's actions and activities, if you would, in the sacrifice versus the 450 of them that were yet prophets who called on their gods who called on their God, you'll see it as well, that one of the other actions of, of God or being in God's presence was they became powerless. In fact, um, they sat there for most of the morning, midday in the afternoon, and they kept calling and wailing and crying on their gods. And there was no activity and no response. I won't bore you with the rest of that story, but I'll tell you that as well. There has been fear and trembling as a response to the presence of the Lord. Fear and trembling, the presence of the Lord as a response to the presence of the Lord. As well, I mentioned false gods uh, uh, becoming powerless. But you and I know as well this praise brings closeness. Praise brings closeness in the presence of the Lord. When we come here on Sunday mornings or wherever you happen to be, this very simple act of raising your hands and yielding yourself to the Lord in praise and in worship brings closeness. Have you wondered why when you come to church on Sunday morning, you feel like sometimes you are in the presence of the Lord? It's that act of praise and worship that brings you closer to the Lord. Praise brings closeness to the Lord. Go with me, if you will, to James. In James there, it is the fourth chapter, and read there verses 1 through 10. James chapter 4, verse 1 through 10. It reads like this. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source of your pleasures the wage war in your members? You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulterous, you, do, uh, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the Scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires a spirit which He has made to dwell in you, but He gives a greater grace. 
Therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord. And here's this end of all that. And He will exalt you. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord. We're talking about what might be proper behaviors in God's presence to receive the promised benefits of being in His presence. The promised benefits there. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves and He will exalt you. Let me also read this and say this to you as well. In Hebrews. Hebrews, that was me this time. Hebrews 13, 5. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. And your translation might say, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Another one of those promised benefits of the Lord is times when we feel like God isn't there. He is. He's always there. If you are a child of the King, He said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I mentioned already as well, and let me go here and say this up on the screen again, and Hopefully I'm not rushing this a bit too much. Prayers are answered in the presence of the Lord. When you go to the Lord in prayer, God has an answer for you. Now sometimes we don't like the answer that we hear, but God answers your prayer. God will answer your prayer prayer as a promised benefit of you going to him and being in his presence. God says this in Acts 16. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to him. And the prisoners were listening to him. And suddenly, there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were unfastened. You know that story as well as I do about praise and praise in the presence of the Lord. What a circumstance and a situation that Paul and Silas had been in. They were going about doing God's business. And they were accosted 
They were beaten almost to death. And then they were thrown into jail. Not just into jail, but into the center part of the jail. And not just into the center part of the jail, into the center part of the jail where it was very filthy, very cold, very dark. Can you imagine? Can you imagine where they might have been as a result of doing what they thought was God's will in their life. And I'd mentioned earlier, submission to His will. But through it all, they had the strength, they had the courage, they had the foreknowledge to lift their hands, to lift their hearts, to lift their voices to sing praises to the Lord. At midnight, at midnight, at midnight. By all accounts, being beaten the way they had been beaten, maybe they were tired. and Maybe they were exhausted. I don't know about you, but are sometimes you tired and exhausted of the toil that we have day to day, week to week? Are you tired sometimes of the toil that we have in serving the Lord when it seems like sometimes when it seems like sometimes we have exhausted all that we can do. And exhausting all that we can do, sometimes it just doesn't seem like we have the energy or the strength. Scripture tells us this. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But at midnight, they mustered up the strength to be able to lift their hands lift their voices, lift their hearts to praise the Lord. And the miraculous happened. The miraculous happened. The miraculous for them was that they, the chains, this great shaking of the earth, their chains were loosed. Their chains were loosed and they had become free. What a response of obedience and doing God's will in the presence of God. In the presence of God. I want to say that there is comfort in the presence of God. There is encouragement in the presence of God. There is encouragement for your circumstance and for your situation in the presence of God. Being humble, being respectful, praise and worship, prayers being answered. And when you come to the Lord, there is covenant renewal in the presence of God. And what do I mean by that? Covenant renewal. God has said He'd never leave us nor forsake us. And He said, those who come to Him must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. Diligently seek Him. I want to say, if you don't feel the presence of the Lord, how close are you to Him? How close are you to Him? And how do we get close to God? We get close to God in our prayer time. We get close to God when we go to our knees and we go to prayer before Him. We get close to God when we read His Word. 
And in reading God's Word is how God will instruct us, how God will bless us, how God will reassure us through His living Word of His presence. When we sing our praises to Him and reflect on the goodness, when we count our blessings and name them one by one, when we count our blessings and name them one by one, we bridge the gap and get ourselves closer to God. Closer to God. Scripture tells us, my sheep hear my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. You know, often we want God to speak to us. And sometimes when God's speaking to us, I'm not sure all the times that we respond in a way of obedience, in a way that it looks like we want to do what God has asked us to do. I want to say to you today, when you encounter God, when you encounter God, it requires a response. It requires a response. When you tell a coworker or a friend and someone who is not saved about the living God, it requires a response. Now, the response could be, I don't know. I don't trust. I don't believe. It could be any one of those things, or it could be total, complete, and unconditional surrender. Total, complete, and unconditional surrender. And when we encounter God as Christians, God shores up our brokenness. God shores up our hurts, our wounds. God shores up for us when we encounter God, the brokenness in our lives, whatever that happens to be. And I don't mean to in any way say that my problem or challenge is any different than anyone's problem or challenge because God says this, he commended his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, and that includes us all, we were all once sinners. And I'm still yet talking about the presence of God. Being in the presence of God Scripture tells us that He fills the heavens and the earth. He fills the heavens and the earth. There is no place that there isn't God. And I know that sometimes we feel like He's not around. I want to say to you today, God is stretching out His hand to you today. He wants to reveal Himself to you in ways that He has not before. He wants you to know that He is there and there for you. God wants you to know that He loves you unconditionally. Unconditionally. It doesn't matter what you've done this week, this morning, yesterday, last week, or what you will do tomorrow. God loves you unconditionally, and He wants you to experience the joy that he has 
of being in his presence. Of being in his presence. Hmm. I'm closing. I'm done with the message. I've learned that when God has uh, finished giving words to me, you don't want to hear Nate Jones. You don't. And there's no need for that. When God has spoken, his words are complete. His message is complete. We shouldn't add anything to it. I'm going to give you a time to reflect on what God, what it means to be in God's presence and be in God's presence today. I don't know if you got petitions before him. I'm not sure if You've been feeling like you've been alone. And God, I just feel this separation and distance between you and I. God, I feel like I have no direction for my life right now. God, I'm not sure what I should be doing right now. And God, just coming to a decision about things, Lord, is just so hard and so challenging right now. Can I tell you that God's ready to meet that need? God is ready to meet every need that you have, whatever that happens to be, you need not consider that you have to walk around with the burden of not knowing, of not receiving, or not enjoying the benefits of being in God's presence. You need to know, God wants you to know, that He fills the heavens and the earth for you. For you individually, for us collectively, he wants the body of Christ to know how much he loves you. He loves us all so much that he sent his son. We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk. God has invited us to know Him through His Word, the Bible, a perfect record of God's revelation to man and applicable for every area of our lives. And if you're in the Raleigh area, we invite you to be a part of cross-culture worship. We meet at 1030 every Sunday morning at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540 Exit 7. We're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships, and instead of rituals, we practice realness. Cross-Culture Church, a new church for people like you. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculture.church. Cross-Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross. Online at crossculture.church.